0: very good morning to all of you uh, things look a little bit mysterious these days you know we are still in the midst of uh, the third wave of COVID, and uh, we experience very dramatic events in our country and of course not just in the country but even in our own families and our own uh, staff and so on but then you know what is important is that When you have a problem, don't look at the problem, look at the solution. You know, when you are looking at the disease, it will just uh, psychologically bear you down. I think we need to look at the healer. We need to look at the Lord who has got the answer for all things. And so today I want to focus not on the problems, but I want to focus on the glorious and wonderful plan of God. And we must never forget... That whatever happens in our world it is all going to lead to something glorious in the end. you know when you build a house before it is a comfortable house before it is something that you uh, that you enjoy, you have to go through all kinds of different uh, uh, challenges you know you have to dig deep for the foundation you have to build and you know there's a lot of a lot of challenges that you are facing in order to get the house to where you can finally enjoy it. That's true with everything. That's true with our education. That's true with everything that we do. You know, uh, we, we don't just wake up one morning and we graduate. No, we have to go through uh, a process, process of hard work, process of learning, studying. And that's not always easy. Sometimes it's, it's a great challenge. But then at the end of the day, you look back and say it has been worse it, And so even today, as we are going through this process of uh, the pandemic, the disease of COVID, you may not know and I may not know what all this is meant for or good for, but we take all things from the hands of the Lord, and we are not concentrating on the negatives, we are concentrating on the positives. Now, don't misunderstand me, when you say positive today, People are always thinking about the disease. No, I'm not talking about the disease. I'm talking about the good things, the good news that God has brought for us. And uh, the good news is the good news. It will remain the good news. He is on the throne, and he is fully in control of all things, including COVID-19. Well, I want to take you uh, into a subject which I have... uh, entitled, The Choreographed Celestial Multitude. Last week I spoke about the master choreographer, and uh, I didn't finish, so I continue today, because last week I didn't get to where I actually wanted to reach, so I, I, I need to take you there. And actually, this is going to uplift us. It's going to uplift our hearts and our minds. It's going to show us something different from the negatives that are surrounding us today uh, because it shows us the greater plan that God has for all of us. So once again, I speak today about the choreographed celestial multitudes. And you may wonder, what is this? But I'll show you. So bear with me. It takes a bit of time to introduce you to this uh, powerful word and subject. Let me take you to the book of Revelation, chapter 5 and verse 11. Revelation 5, 11. Now, remember, the book of Revelation is an uncovering of God's plans that was given to John, the disciple of Jesus Christ. By that time, all the other disciples had already passed on, but John had become an old man. And he was, uh, he was uh, put as a prisoner on an island called Patmos. And as he was just uh, having devotions, as he was just praying to the Lord, all of a sudden he had an encounter with Christ. And of course, that was not the same Jesus that he had known when he was walking uh, with him on the earth or when he put his head on his shoulder. Uh, but this was the Christ, the everlasting Christ. And so he shows him the things that are yet to come to pass. And this is now what we are seeing. I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, taking a few scriptures from different places because I can't possibly read everything. But in Revelation chapter 5 in verse 11, the Bible reads, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands, upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000, okay? So you can't really get a full exact number out of that because this is uh, just an estimate or just a, 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 an insight that is just a huge number, okay? They encircled the, thron, the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, worthy is the Lamb." And the elders fell down and worshipped. What a word. What a powerful insight in what God is bringing about. You know, this is choreographed to bring praises and worship to the living gods. This is uh, after God puts a lot of effort into each and every one of these creatures in order to bring them to the, to the place where he wants them to excel and to be. Psalms 96 verse 1 says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord praise. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all people. Let us pray our God we want to thank you so much for your word that is ever standing strong that is a pillar no matter what is happening around us so Lord Jesus we look today up to you, we look at your word we look at that which is unshaking that will never be pushed aside, never pass away Because we know, Lord, you are the author and you are the finisher of our faith. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you guide us through this word and give us an understanding about your greater plans, about your purpose for all of us. Amen. So what we have to understand from this word of God is that the best is yet to come. You know, the master choreographer guides his followers into a glorious future. Okay, you may right now see a lot of problems around you, but the problems will not remain. God will overcome all of these challenges, and with him we are more than conquerors because we are in Christ. Amen? So God is showing us that he will join all of God's servants into this great and wonderful song. You know, all the followers of God, whether they are angels or whether they are human beings like you and me, we are all going to be joined into one wonderful choreographed group, a multitudes that is going to sing and actually not only going to sing, but as you can see here, uh, these are... Uh, Descriptions of surrounding the throne, dancing, flying, you know, worshiping, praising, you know. There, there is a, a, a full expression of everything that you can imagine a human being or a, a living being being a capable, capable of. That's what God is going to bring out of every single one of us. Now, the interesting thing is here, you know, the Bible says, then I looked and I heard the voice. Okay, when you hear the word voice, the voice is singular, isn't it? But then the description tells us that there were many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. But amazingly, they speak with one voice. Praise God. The voice that God has given to us you know, the, the plan that God has implanted in each and every one of our hearts, that is going to come through, that is going to be glorious and powerful in each and every one of our lives. So now, he is busy getting us into the right kind of position. You know, if you are training somebody in, 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 in dancing, for instance, you know, uh, our limbs need to be uh, gotten under control. You know, we we need to make sure that we can be able to move according to the director. Okay? Those of you who have been in a choir, uh, you know, we all have, uh, uh, you know, experienced, or many of us have experienced, that sometimes our voices are going astray. And then the choir message says, oh, no, 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 not like this, you know. We are brought back. And that's exactly what God is doing, not just with our voices, but with all the capacity that is in us. God brings us into fluidity and unison together as one. Now, before a movie is being premiered, okay, that premiere means to be first shown to the public, uh, a lot of work is going on behind the scene. Okay. Uh, every actor has to do their work and sometimes they have to repeat it over and over again. Maybe one scene is being shot uh, 10 times or 15 times, you know. You may say, well, uh, uh, you can't see this in the movie. No, you can't see that because that is then a scene of the past. You understand? But the reality is that before we get things right, we have to practice. We have to be coached. We have to be brought into shape, into the right shape. We have to You know, going through the coaching of our choreographer, that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then finally, when the premiere comes, when the first showing comes, and you see this movie on the big screen, you're all amazed and say, wow, this is something to behold. This is something I didn't expect. But little do we know how much work has gone into every detail of this movie. And that's exactly what we are seeing here. You know, God shows us like a little clip, a little movie out of what is going to happen away from all the troubles of this world, away from all the diseases and all the negative stuff that we are passing through in this world. But we are allowed to see a clip about the wonderful things that God is going to bring about. And just remember, you know, There's the voice of many angels, thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000, okay? And that is not enough. It's not just angels. Actually, you and I, we have got the, the privilege to join in. Amen? Because the Bible tells us very clearly here that, yes, the angels are going to sing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth. Are you a creature? Where are you? On earth. Okay, so you're not excluded. Am I right? So every creature, every creature in heaven and on earth that is under the control of our choreographer okay is going to join in okay now I, then I heard every creature in heaven on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever Wow you know this is uh, something that we should picture okay Try to make it a video in your head, okay? Try to understand this is where we are going. This is our future. Not the misery that you are seeing around yourself. No, just focus on on the glorious things that God has prepared for us. God is the one who will carry us even through the misery. Because after all, even the difficult things, they they are meant to achieve something glorious. Amen? Just like when you are going to sit for exams and you are, you are you're wondering how am I going to make it because, you know, you struggle with these subjects. Maybe you are doing math and math is not your strength. And you wonder how am I going to get through. But then you go through so that you are going to be qualified at the end of the day so that you are able to be lifted to a position where you can be called upon because of your expertise. And that's what God is doing. God is transforming us, changing us in a wonderful way. So the goal of our Lord is to get us into unison so that we can flow all together as one. Whether we are in this world on earth, or whether they are the angels who have been in the presence of God for, you know, uh Who knows how long, you know, we we know they are not eternal the way God is eternal, but yet they have been there for, for aeons, okay, for seasons. And they have been able to stand before the Lord and give him praise. So God invests in every single one of us, whatever it takes to get us ready for that premiere, for that showing, you know, of that movie when we are going to join in into this powerful song, this new song that we are going to sing, not just uh, the people on earth, but we are going to join everyone else in God's creation. Now I want to tell you it's a joy being part of this greatest exposition ever. Okay? Okay? It's not an exhibition, it's an exposition, you know, meaning it's it's something that is going on. You know, actually, I've been looking for words, I've been checking the the dictionary, and and actually, there are not enough words to express what God wants to say to us. So there's an exposition. That means we are all coming out, being exposed into the light of God. Having the talents and the abilities and the good things that God has done, in our lives, being exposed in his presence, together with everybody else. Now, for those who love the Lord, there is nothing better than to flow with him, to flow in him. And, you know, that is not done by force. We are not being forced to do this. Actually, we enjoy doing it. We do it because we want to. You know, like if you're looking at the the dancers who are being choreographed, you don't force dancers to dance; they, they do this because they love it. Okay, they want to—they want to express their ability, their their their, their skills in, in in on the floor of dancing. So they like to do it. Okay, maybe occasionally there are some people who are forced to do this, but God is not forcing anybody. So everybody in this wonderful multitude who is raising their voice and who is praising and worshiping and dancing and shouting before the Lord will do it because of their free will, their desire to bring glory to God. Because they understand who they are called to be. Okay, and that's the wonderful thing. You know, that includes even the angels. Because the Bible tells us that even angels at one time had to come to a point of decision-making. And uh, scripture tells us clearly that one third of the angels decided they would not be part of that. And God respected that. God allowed them to go. And of course, today we know them as evil spirits. We know them as demons. And we know their chief, Satan, as the murderer from the beginning. But those who are with God, those are doing it because they enjoy the wonderful presence of God, they enjoy the love of God, and they want to express everything that God has put into them, which is far more than we can can fully describe. So once we are learning the arts that God is teaching us, you know, it will definitely bless us. You know, for those of you who learned an instrument... You know, I, I remember when I, I tried to learn guitar, and uh, I'm not an expert, but at least I learned it. And I did it basically deductive You know, I, I taught myself reading from books uh, the different the different ways to do it. Uh, and and for a while, you know, you feel uh, this is too hard because your fingers are paining, you know. You need to get used to these strings which are hard. But eventually... You know, eventually you can use this instrument and you enjoy it. You know, I'm always watching how people are playing the keyboard or the piano. You know, when, when you learn it, it's hot, isn't it? But once you have mastered it, you enjoy it. And that's exactly what God is doing in every single one of us. You know, we are not just going to learn an instrument. We're not just going to play piano or keyboard or guitar or something else, but we are going to be instruments ourselves. Instruments of worship. Instruments of the expression of love to our gods. So God is bringing all these people together, and I call them the celestial multitudes. What does celestial mean? Celestial is Holy or heavenly, it's divine, is paradisical, okay, is blissful, is beyond the imagination. And that's what God is doing. God brings us together. You know, whether humans or angels or whatever creatures, you know, I'm 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 reading here that every creature is going to praise the Lord, which means probably they're even animals, because even them they are creatures, isn't it? Because in the sea there are no human beings. Have you noticed? Because the Bible tells us, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that's in them singing to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So this is something that is beyond our imagination. That is what I call celestial, okay? The celestial multitude. We have no way of fully understanding how this is going to work out. Let me take you to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 10. The Bible reads here, Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, your islands and all who live in them, let the desert and its towns raise their voices. Let the settlements where Kedah lives rejoice. Let the people of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and proclaim his praises in the islands. The Lord will march out like a mighty man. Like a warrior, he will stir up his seal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over all his enemies. Praise God. You see, this is a joyful affair. This is not something where you have to make a long face and say, oh, it's hard, it's difficult. You see, that's why we need to fix our eyes, not on the problems, but we need to fix our eyes on the solution. That's why Jesus says, fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith." Don't look at the problems in between. You know, yes, they are there, and we're going through these challenges every now and then, but at the end of the day we are having a destiny don't get worried about about the problems you know one thing i've noticed the most susceptible people who get to to, to get sick are those who are too worried okay so don't get worried because worry makes you weak worry makes you attackable okay so don't don't allow worries to 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 uh, motivate your, your mind and your heart, or dominate your life. By all means, I'm not allowing these things to come to my mind. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the scripture, I'm focusing on the word of God. And the word of God gives us strength, the word of God is our health. You know, God says that He sent His word and healed us. And so let us focus on the healer, okay? Let us focus on the healer. And even if we experience COVID, it's not the end of the day. God will heal us. Amen? And I thank God that so far, you know, we have still seen his hand of all our people having been safe. Yes, of course, some have been troubled. Some have been very sick. But they have all come back and be able to join us again. And those who are still down, I believe God will heal them. Amen? So now we are going to be choreographed to speak with one voice the praises of our gods. We worship God who is on the throne, together with all the angels, together with all the creatures of God, with all the the people who are saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, wonderfully redeemed by our gods. Let me take you to the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 1. And of course, Revelation 14 is a very uh, controversial scripture. People are reading all kinds of things from these very words. You know, the Bible says here, Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb. Again, uh, John, the disciple, or the apostle, is seeing the Christ, not the Jesus that he knew on earth, but the Christ, the Lamb of God. And before him was a lamb standing on Mount Zion. And with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of a rushing water and like the loud peals of thunder. The sound I heard was like That of harpists playing their harps. Can you imagine the sound of harpists? How many harpists must be there to make all this wonderful melodious noise or, you know, tune. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who have not defiled themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. They follow the lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as firstfruits to God and the lamb. Praise God. John says, I looked, and there was a lamb standing on Mount Zion. Now we must know that Mount Zion is uh, this mountain on which the temple was being built. This is where people could engage God in the Old Testament times. In the New Testament times, you know, there is no need for a mountain somewhere in the Middle East. Actually, we are going to come and approach Christ. And Mount Zion is where the church is, okay, where we are interacting with our God, And, you know, this is exactly what here we are being told, that the Lamb was standing on Mount Zion with him, the 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Now the question is, who are the 144,000? That's a big thing, huh? And there's so many uh, stories around the 144,000. You know, actually it's not very difficult. It's not a number. It's not a question of a number. This is a question of a, it's a quote, actually. God has encoded something in order to give us an insight of what he's doing. You know, 12 is the number of the apostolic plan of God. Okay, there are 12 uh, disciples, 12 apostles, 12 patriarchs, okay? Everything that God is building in his perfection is of the number 12, okay? So when we talk about 144,000, first of all, understand that it's the number of completion, a number of perfection. The number of God's greatness and completeness. Okay? So that's 12. Now 12 times 12,000 is 144,000. So 12,000 is a multiplication of the 12. Okay? Are you with me? So we are coming to the number of 144,000. Not because we are saying, okay, one, two, three, four, and then you come 143,999, and then the last one comes, in, and you are the next one, and you are out. No, that's not the issue. But the issue is that everyone who is part of this company of God, everybody who is part of this apostolic company of God, who are, you know, raised within the 12, the number 12 uh, value system, 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, the 12 patriarchs, you know, everything that is built around that. And you know, this is what Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. So the, the way God is building his church is with 12, okay? He laid a foundation and there were 12 apostles in order to do that. Okay, I could go on and on, but it's not my interest. I'm just trying to tell you, don't worry that you are falling off because already there were 144,000 before you. No, actually, this is for all of us. And In fact, the Bible tells us very clearly here that with him there were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. So the company of believers, the company of the apostolic Multitude is the are the people who have the nature of God embedded in their personality, in their nature, in their mind. Are you with me? So, in other words, we are no longer what we used to be when we were in the world, but we are transformed. You know, God removed our old nature, and we were transformed into the nature of Christ, and you know, the value system is the value system that God has implanted into our hearts. You know, when God poured his love into our hearts, you know, and and, and gave us grace, grace upon grace, that's when new values began to to grow in our life. Jesus says, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches, okay? And you all know that a branch that is cut from 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 the tree cannot bear any fruit. But if you are on the vine, then always supply will come to you, okay? And you will be able to grow. You will be able to bear fruit because there is a supply line that is constantly feeding your ability to produce fruit. And that's exactly what God is doing. So God shows us here that the company of those who are going to be on Mount Zion, that means those who are connected to God, You see, Mount Zion was where the the Ark of the Covenant was, where the presence of God God was, where people were able to pass from the outer court to the inner court and then to the the Most Holy, and then have really fellowship and relationship with the living God. And we all know that when Jesus died at the cross of Calvary, you know, even the curtain that that was hindering people to enter into the most holy place was cut by God himself so that people can now be able to interact with the living God Forever. Because that's what he desires. God doesn't want to cut himself off. God doesn't want to be separate from us. Actually, he created us for himself. Praise God. Then I heard the sounds from heaven, like the roar of rushing waters and the loud peal of thunder. Hey, can you imagine? You know, when there is... uh, When there is... uh, rainy season and there's thunder in the air and, you know, there's rain pouring down. And, and, and you know, this is just an example. It's just a, trying to picture of, of what kind of energy is there when the people of God worship him who is on the throne. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. Now listen, this is very important. You know, of course, songs you can learn, isn't it? You can, if, if, if there's a new song on the market, you know, and you like it, you, you, you're trying to master it, maybe the choir is beginning to practice it, they can sing it, and, and then they present it. But the Bible tells us here that a song that we are going to sing is not such a song. Actually, it's a song that God has put into our lives. You know, when God was writing his name upon our foreheads, I mean his name, the the name of the lamb and the name of the father on our foreheads, when he poured out his nature into our hearts, that's when the song came into our lives. That's when we became capable of singing the song, the new song to God. You know, it's not a song that we are writing and say, okay, I have a new song. Of course, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. It's always good to sing a new song to the Lord, even those which we can write ourselves. But I want you to understand, you know, God gives us a song that no one can learn, that is inspired by God himself, that is poured into our hearts and lives, and that God is coordinating, choreographing in everyone. Just imagine thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousands, and all of them have one song. All of them speak with one voice because that's the voice of God. You know, it's just like the Bible. It has got so many different books, so many different writers, so many different expressions, so many different ways of, of, of bringing across the story of the gospel of salvation, and yet... It's one voice, the voice of God. And that's what God is doing this time, not in the book, but in the living book, okay? In you and me. And I tell you, this is just going to be glorious. So no one can learn that song except the 144,000. That means that company of the apostolic people, okay? And thank God, this is a gift from God. This is not something you have to sit down and and try to to, to memorize, but it's something that God pours into our our lives in an amazing way. So those 144,000 who have been redeemed from the earth, and thank God we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? These are those who did not defile themselves with women and have kept themselves pure. They follow the lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as first fruits to God and the lamb. You see, we are here because God has purchased us. He paid a price. And the Bible tells us not with silver and gold, but with his own precious blood. He paid a price, a high price. He laid down his own life to purchase us. You know, to redeem us from darkness, to redeem us from the grip of, of the enemy, you know, to, to get us out of the, the shackles of death that Satan has put around us. Remember, the people of Israel were redeemed from, from Pharaoh's slavery. And that's just a picture, you know, how God has redeemed us. And not only has he redeemed us, But as scripture says, he has offered us as first fruits to God the Father and to the Lamb. So in other words, words we are very, very special to God. You know, a first fruit is not something that you are taking lightly. First fruit is something special. And God says we are the first fruit for God. Wow. Wow. So why should I not rejoice? Why should I not be happy? Why should I not seek to worship and praise him? Why should I not join in the choreography of God and and become part of this great multitude to give praises and honor to our gods? Let me read again verse 4. You know, Revelation 14 verse 4. The Bible says here at the end, they will follow the lamb wherever he goes. Very interesting, isn't it? They will follow the lamb wherever he goes. Okay? That shows us that he, our Lord, is the choreographer. Okay? He's the one who gives direction. He says, okay, do this, do this, do this. And, and those who are following, they will go wherever he goes. Okay? Whatever he says, whatever he directs, they will do that. In an amazing way. So God is bringing us to a place where we are going to attain the full stature of Christ because we are sons and we are joined heirs with Christ. So we are not left out of anything that is in Christ. Because Christ is given to us as our redeemer, as our savior, as our elder brother. Okay, as the one who has brought us into our inheritance in God. And you know, when we are living in such a way, that means our interest will be his interest. Okay, you see, this is the problem. Our world is such a rebellious world. You know, since the time of Adam, mankind has rebelled against the will of God's. And even today, you see it all over the world, people rebel against the, 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 the order of God. They want to dismantle it. They want to do away with it. And yet, the order of God is actually a blessing to all of us. It is meant to lift us up. It's meant to be good for us. And for those who are in Christ, they experience the goodness of God because they walk in the, in the very ways of God. So our interests will be in line with the interests of God's. Okay? So it's not that like we want to go this way and God wants to go the other way. No, actually, uh, when we come to Jesus first, you know, we, we, we experience that. You know, we say, God, but I don't want this. I don't want this. Very often we are trying to tell God what he's supposed to do in our lives. But eventually we will come to recognize, we're coming to learn that all the ways of God are good. If you have not learned that yet, it's a very important lesson to learn. Okay, God is not trying to take advantage of us like the devil does. He's a God of love. He's a God who gives us joy. He's a God who wants to to see us flourish in everything that he has created for us. Because, you know, God created us for himself. And in God, there is joy. In God, there is music. In God, there is, there is plenty full of uh, all the good things that this world has to offer. Okay? Now, the world, what the world offers is often just a poor copy of what God has. But God gives us the original joy in the Lord. No price is too high for the beauty of his holiness and for the fellowship of the saints. And that's why Jesus came to lay down his life. That's why Jesus agreed to be separated from his Father in heaven. That's why he was taking that cup and says, not my will, but your will be done. So we have become the nation of God's, the one nation that embraces the Son versus the many nations that are trying to to, uh, reject God. And we see this in our world today. You know, many nations are rising against the plan of God. Psalm chapter 2 verse 1 says, Why do the nations conspire, and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break the chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned enthroned in heaven laughs. Now listen to this. This is very interesting. There there, there is a sequence here. The Bible says here in verse 4, The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The first thing God does is loving. The second thing he does is scoffing. Okay? The Bible says, maybe you think this this is crude, but this is true. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Okay, because this foolishness what people are doing. Trying to go their own way is taking them into destruction. So he's coughing at them. He says, you will find out yourself. Third thing, then he rebukes them in his anger. Hey, then it becomes serious. Maybe COVID could be a rebuke. I mean, I'm not saying it is. it, It could just be. Think about it. Then he rebukes them in his anger. okay. And then the next one is even worse. And terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you're my son. Today I've become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. Praise God. So, you know, we are the nation of God's. Those other nations who are trying to bring God down, they will all disappear, but we will be the nation that encompasses everything else in this world. Praise God. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Sounds cruel, isn't it? Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you'll be destroyed in your way. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Wow. Isn't that powerful? So we are the nation of God. Blessed in wonderful ways. Okay. We have decided, yes, we are going to agree with God's plan. And it's a good plan. It's a perfect plan. It's a plan that will take us Into the future of God's and with God's. Let me quickly go to Revelation chapter 19, verse 5, as I come to the close. The Bible says, Then a voice came from the throne saying, Again, a voice comes forth. You know, God always expresses himself, He has always got a way to let us know what is in His heart, what He thinks, what He wants. And so a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both small and great. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and the loud peals of thunder shouting hallelujah. And that's not the kind of hallelujah that we are singing. This is a new hallelujah. Not even the new hallelujah of the song that we sing, you know. This is another hallelujah. A mighty, powerful shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come. And his pride has made herself ready. Okay, this is what we are doing now. You know, this is what we are doing today. We are the bride. We are making ourselves ready. Amen? For that glorious day when we sing that song, when we are choreographed to praise and worship and dance and fly and do whatever God has in store for us. Amazing. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. And that's why, brothers and sisters, let us do the righteous things that God is calling us to do in these worlds because that's what we are going to wear. So the voice from the throne is calling us together, choreographing us into this mighty song of praise to God. We are singing with one voice, Giving honor and praise to our gods. Those who fear him, that means those who submit to the Lord. So this great hallelujah brings us gladness, brings us joy, and brings us the ultimate fulfillment because that is the reason for which God created us. Imagine, you're not created for yourself. You're not created to spoil your life with with, with, with uh, the, the things of this world, you know, drugs and alcohol and what have you, but you are here to receive the joy and the gladness and the ultimate fulfillment of our God. For this we have been created, that we are ushered into the wedding feast of the Lamb. In fact, we are not just going to be spectators, but we are the brides. We are part of the great celebration, the wonderful wonderful happenings that God has prepared for those who love him and walk with him. So God is busy as the bride is making herself ready. The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 that he's going to remove all spots and wrinkles from the face of the church, isn't it? Psalms 89, verse 8 says, O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? What a question. Who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. So you can be sure, especially in times like this, our God is a faithful God. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He will not give us a promise and then change his mind because he cannot lie. He is God. He is on the throne. And brothers and sisters, allow God to get you into shape, to choreograph you together with all the saints, all the believers that you see and even those that you don't see all over the world. And all the angels that are standing in the presence of God. And all the creatures in heaven, on earth, in the sea, and under the sea, who, who knows? God gives us an insight in a plan that is far beyond our imagination. He is the master choreographer. And he brings the multitudes of his people all together. To speak with one voice, to be one bride, to be one people, to be one nation, enjoying the presence of our God. May God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. That we can look beyond the challenges and the trials and the troubles that we face in these worlds. You have given us insights about the future. You have given us insight about your plans, which you have made even before the foundation of the world, and you will bring them to pass. So Lord Jesus, today we are amazed as we realize how you are going to make this thing come into reality, how you are preparing each and every one of us in our own different ways. Wherever we are, Lord, you are there. You are impressing your nature upon our lives. You're writing your name, the name of the Lamb and the name of the Father upon our foreheads. That means into our our heart, into our mind, into our personality, so that we are who you want us to be. I want to thank you, Father. For such a great and wonderful word. For such a great and wonderful plan. And Lord, we believe that what you have said, for sure, that's what I'm going to do. So Lord, we can only say, Lord, here I am. Here we are. As the body of Christ, guide us. And we will follow wherever you go. Thank you, Jesus. To you be the glory. And the honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.